When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to The Incline. We're recording on a Tuesday, July 7th. Hope you're all doing well out there and had a great 4th of July. I'm joined by Jake and David. I'll start off with this. How's, how was your guys' 4th? Good 4th. Can't complain. You know, excited for a couple weeks here where we get Dodgers back. Would have been nice to have MLB back on July 4th, but nonetheless, good, good weekend overall. Yeah, right. definitely. Weirdest 4th of July I've ever experienced. But um, it it's weird having 4th of July coincide with the kind of reopening of spring training. So Yeah, would have been cool if opening day was on 4th. But yeah, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to dive into a lot, so we're just going to get at it right away. But one comment I got to say before we start, you people aren't very good at listening. There were way more fireworks than what our mayor and governor wanted. <laughs> I know we we uh, we aired a, a a really amazing helicopter shot on KCAL nine. Oh, nice! It was unbelievable. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was just like the whole city was just like exploding with fireworks. Yeah. All right. So today's leading story. This actually happened on the fourth of July. Funny enough, David Price, the left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers, he's the first LA Dodger to opt out of the twenty twenty season. And I'll start this one off. Though I respect his decision because any player that's going family first, I have to admire that, and I'm not going to bash Price's character whatsoever. But I am a little disappointed in terms of I wanted to really see him pitch for the Dodgers because I thought he had a lot to offer. And I think this is a huge blow to the Dodgers rotation. Maybe not during the regular season. I'm sure they'll be fine. But come postseason, there's going to be a lot of pressure now on the rest of the team to 
really step it up. David Price was a lock to be the number three starter in my mind. He basically had the same career experience as Clayton Kershaw. He's won a World Series. He's won a Cy Young. He has a career ERA of 3-3. Baseball reference had projected him if this was a 162-game season. He was going to have a 2.6 ERA over 18 starts. And now with Price opting out, this puts a lot of pressure on the younger starters, such as Julio Urias, who was going to be a number four. Now he's moving over to a number three. That adds a lot of pressure to him. He's really going to have to step it up for the Dodgers. Alex Wood, who is probably our fifth, now he's going to move up to the fourth. We don't even know what Alex Wood has left in him. He could be injured, or he could be, he's a very injury-prone player, so who knows how many games he's going to last. So there's going to be three starters, Ross Stripling, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin battling for that fifth spot. So now I'm going to pass it over to David, who's going to tell you why the Dodgers will be okay. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I agree with some of that. Uh, I do think Price being out does hurt the Dodgers in the postseason. Uh, I could not be worried less about the Dodgers in the regular season. Um, you know, as long as they don't get off to a horrid start, uh, they'll, they'll be in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, my, my take on this is they're fine as long as Julio Arias steps up. Uh, because you mentioned that, you know, Alex Wood and, and Dustin May and, and Stripling and, and Gonsolin, you know, those are going to be the, the four and five guys for sure. Um, but, you know, every playoff team needs a top, you know, three guys. Uh, we saw it with the Nationals last year. I mean, they had, a top, they had four guys who were basically, you know, all dominant in the, in the postseason. Uh, so what it comes down to is is what version of Julio Arias we get. Uh, the talent is there. There's no doubt the talent is there. Uh, but we've seen, you know, in times in the past where he can get a little off track, he can lose control and, and walk a bunch of guys and, and be out by the fourth inning. So I'm interested to see. This is the first year, however, where the training wheels are off. They're saying, look, you're a starter. Uh, we're not going to be put, putting you back in the bullpen, coming back to start a game, back to the bullpen. No, like this is Julio Arias' first season where it's like, you're in the rotation, go take charge of it. So I believe, I believe in him. Uh, I think obviously the stuff is there. And I, I think, you know, we'll see in the first month and a half of the season if, you know, he'll, he'll be the guy for the Dodgers. You know, the trade deadline's in a month from after the season starts. So they're going to have to figure out real quick if, if, he's, their, if he's their number three. I agree with you, David, there on the Julio Arias taking the training wheels off sort of thing. We've not yet seen him reach his full potential. The Dodgers have been very careful with him throughout his whole career. And so now is the time to see what he's made of. And now is the time to see if he can carry this staff along with Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. The one guy that I looked at this rotation and I was sort of thinking like it would be great if he was if he was really good, but if he wasn't, we had backup in his place was Alex Wood. And it was sort of a nice one through four. And then five was sort of like, well, if Wood doesn't do well, then you can plug in Gonsolin or May or Stripling. But now that we need to rely on Alex Wood, I'm a little worried there. But during the regular season, we should be okay. We should be able to overcome uh, any shortcomings we have in the rotation. But I am a little worried about the postseason because mm -hmm. the guy I'm not worried about is Walker Bueller. But the guys that I am worried about are is everyone else. And I'm including yeah. Clayton Kershaw in that in that mm -hmm. mix. 
And David Price was the guy that we brought in to say, well, no matter what he does in the regular season, we know he's got postseason experience. He handled us pretty well in 2018. So I was really looking forward to him, you know, showing, showing the Dodger fans what he's got now. For David Price, he's got a couple more years on his contract, so maybe next year we can see him uh, pitch in Dodger blue. He does have a couple of kids who are under the age of four, so he's doing it as a precaution for his family, which you you know you have to respect anyone's uh, decision to do that. But because he didn't come out and say that he is doing this because he's high risk, that that could affect what kind of money he gets because. If he was high risk and he decides to opt out, this goes for any player, then they would get, you know, whatever full amount of the of the pro rate of their salary that they would get if they were playing. So he sort of takes a hit here financially as well. Um, yeah. But I like the fact that we have pieces that we can plug in. And any one of these guys that we talk about, Gonsolin, May, Stripling, Wood, would be starters, lock starters, on virtually any other team. Yeah, so let me just add, for a lot of Dodger fans who seem very confident that this team has a lot of depth, I'm just going to say it's not the same depth that we're accustomed to in the years past. It's really thinning out. I mean, Rich Hill, Hunjin Ryu, and Kenta Maeda are now all gone, and the replacements were essentially Alex Wood and David Price, and now Price is gone. So we're really going to have to rely on these young guys which leads us into a question from Oscar Vargas on Twitter wanting to know who's going to replace David Price. And I think he's trying to ask who's going to replace him in the rotation. So I'll start. We had a little more news today, which kind of affected my decision. So I'm going to go with Ross Stripling, who recently said the other day he was upset that he wasn't in the rotation to begin with. And I think the Dodgers are going to lean the veteran, at least to start. I agree. Uh, You know, I think, Stripling is the Band-Aid. He's always been the Band-Aid for this Dodgers team. Uh, You know, I don't think he's the solution long-term, but he's a guy who can, you know, throw five or six innings occasionally and, and, you know, get the job done more often than not. Um, However, the solution is right in front of us, and it's the tall man with the long red curly hair, uh, Dustin May. Uh, You know, I'm the biggest Dustin May fan. I'm the biggest believer, you know, there really is. His stuff is absolutely filthy. Uh, I'm hoping he's worked on that curveball this offseason because if he gets the curveball down, it's game over. Uh, you know, the the the, the, the four up. seamer, the four seamer, the changeup, and the and the uh, the sinker two seamer are are already basically elite. Uh, he threw 99 today. Yep, Robert said he threw 99. And he likes him in either role. I think he'll start in the pen, uh, but I think you know if the Dodgers if they're not getting production out of Stripling or Wood, uh, I think they're going to go to Dustin May real quick, as they should. I agree. I think it's going to be Ross Stripling. I think it has a lot to do with the hours or the innings that he's put in uh, as a Dodger. He's the most senior member of this uh, crew that we're looking at uh, with Gonsolin and May. So I think he has the the slight upper, you know, the, the slight edge here. Um, he did uh, sort of bring the concerns up that he was uh, a little upset that he wasn't a uh, one of the five. Well, he he felt like he couldn't really compete for the starting rotation this spring training because only a couple of games in, and Roberts already announced that uh, it was you know Ross was going to start the season in the bullpen. So I think it's going to be him. But if I had to choose, if it, if it, if it was up to me. 
I would go with Tony Gonsolin, and here's why. I think Tony has proven himself as a starter. He was really good for us last year, and I think uh, Ross Stripling works better in the role that he's in. I don't think we can fully rely on him to be a starter every fifth day. I think his role is, is perfect when we need him for a spot start, for a long relief appearance, and I think it gives Dustin May a little bit more time to get some more innings under his belt and a little more experience. Yes. Our last question on Twitter come, comes from Jane Lednovich, and she wants to know, what should the Dodgers give away to acquire someone for a 60-game season that might not even be played in full? Legitimately asking, as a GM, what would you do in this situation? So I'm just going to phrase it a little differently. Do you guys think the Dodgers – should make a trade for a starting pitcher at some point in this season. It's a tough one for me uh, because the trade deadline's August 31st, and yep. you know the season's going to start on July 23rd. So you know they have to figure out it basically in three weeks if you know they're going to have to make a move. I think the price has definitely shifted the needle on this in, on this topic, uh, but in terms of what they're going to have to give up. Uh, I don't think they're going to have to give up much at all, especially for someone who's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. You're basically trading yeah. for, you know, 40 games, which is like six or seven starts plus maybe a couple more in the postseason. Uh, so, yes, why not? If you're, if you're giving up, you know, a low-level minor leaguer for, you know, possibly the edge to, to take you to the World Series, sure, why not? Uh, but, but I think they need to figure out if that's something they need to do first which will you know be determined in the first three weeks of the season right you got to see what happens in the first couple of weeks of the season you got to see how many games we actually do get in it's still up in the air as to if we'll get the full 60 games or what's going to happen so you can't really make that determination now but I think going back to kind of what we were discussing earlier with needing someone in the postseason, I would feel a lot more comfortable going out there in trading for someone like a Mike Clevenger or someone like that um, that could pitch well in the postseason. Um, I'm not sure what pitchers are available off the top of my head, but we definitely do need a third pitcher in there that that can be our three-headed monster, like what you know we ran into uh, the Washington Nationals last year, and that was their strong suit. Their bullpen was trash, but their starting pitching was elite, and it's part of the reason why they went on to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is one of – many examples out there but one guy that i just got on my trade target radar since it's pretty weird that the deadline is only going to be essentially a month after the season starts it's a little uncomfortable but a guy like mike minor fits this team perfectly so he's essentially a rental because he's on a contract here and i don't think the rangers are going to be very good and what mike minor could bring to the dodgers is essentially what david price had left in the tank you look at their numbers they're Mike Miner had a really excellent war despite pitching in Arlington, you know, a very hitter-friendly ballpark. So I don't think the Dodgers would have to give up very much to acquire a rental, essentially, for, for six or seven starts, like as mentioned. I think guys that are just sitting in their system, like Mitch White and Dennis Santana, are the perfect guys you want to flip who aren't going to contribute. And the last thing I want to add is I think the mentality for this type of season is you want to go all in. You don't want to have any regrets saying, oh, we could have made that trade, but we decided to look towards the future. When you got a guy like Mookie Betts who's coming off the books and might not even come back, I think you have to go all in. As Mookie Betts just said yesterday, he doesn't regret turning down $300 million. 
So he's definitely going to look at what the market has to offer. Anything yeah. To- um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Mike Miner is a, a good candidate for sure. Uh, but the question is, are they going to even bother trying to trade for, for anyone? Uh, you know, with the uncertainty of, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with the season, you know, a couple positive tests and then the whole team gets it and then it could be shut down. Uh, yep. So I don't know what they're going to be willing to risk is the thing. Uh, but don't, I, I wouldn't sleep on Dennis Santana this year. Uh, you know, if you see guys going down with injuries, I, I think he's got a shot to make a difference here. Right. And there's the added factor of guys going down that are sick. So you've yeah. got that a- extra added uh, bonus there, if you will. So, yeah, I think we need all the pitchers that we can get. Uh, losing Jimmy Nelson is, wasn't a great, you know, great thing for us. It was sort of a low risk move anyway to sign him. But yeah, I, I think that with, with the roster that we have now, they could win the World Series, but you do don't want to take any chances when you go into the postseason. You don't know what's going to happen this season. And if you've got a shot to win it with Mookie Betts, that could only help you when trying to re-sign him next year. I agree. And I, I'm looking at it like this. I think if the Dodgers are going to win the World Series this year, they need to be the reverse Washington Nationals. And what I mean by that is they need to score 10 runs a game. Uh, their starters need to go, you know, if it's not Bueller, they need to go five innings, giving up two or three runs. And then they just pound it with the bullpen. Because our bullpen is legit. Like, even if Kenley Jansen sits out, which he still hasn't reported to camp yet, uh, I mean, they got tons of guys who they can just throw one in. He put May in the bullpen. May, Kelly, Trinan, Baez. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty lockdown and stuff. Don't forget right about now. Gratterall, too, because yeah. we're looking at him as a starter. So he may, he may even go into the rotation. Who knows? Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him for sure. Uh, but like I said, I think the Dodgers need to just score 10 runs and hope that's enough. Yeah, so as Jake just mentioned, another blow to the Dodgers' depth. Jimmy Nelson ruled out for the season. He's going to have to undergo back surgery. And we didn't get to see him pitch for the Dodgers, so I don't have much analysis to add. But I think his upside, he could have been like a Brandon Morrow-esque pitcher out of the bullpen. And I think there is an outside chance we might actually miss his arm because we have a lot of uncertainty We'll get to the guys who are sitting out, but some of the names, Pedro Baez and Kenley Jansen, are just a few that haven't showed up yet for the Dodgers. So is there anything you guys wanted to add about Nelson? Uh, I mean, you basically covered it. He would have been a nice guy to possibly throw in there. Yeah, uh, It's just another body that they're not going to have. Uh, but we also haven't mentioned A.J. Ramos yet, uh, who they just That's signed. He's going to be, at this rate, I mean, he'll be in, in the thick of it. Uh, so, I mean, they got options. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I like their bullpen a lot this year, uh, but there's a big question mark at the, in the back end of the rotation as of now until they unleash Dustin May. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? What do you think A.J. Ramos is going to bring to the Dodgers? Do you think he'll be like that 2017 uh, all-star-like pitcher, or do you think he's going to be more what we saw recently with that high ERA? It's hard, it's hard to tell um, with him. I think that it was – it's funny when, whenever I see guys like AJ Ramos uh, get signed or like a Brandon Morrow or one of these weird Andrew Friedman kind of signings, it's, I, I always think like he knows something we don't know. And it seems like Max Muncie, another perfect example, like these guys that, you know, may have had success in the past or no success at all in the past and then become, you know, lifelong Dodgers and superstars. So I I really like it in terms of depth. I th- I think that in in, in a bullpen, um, you know, w- with your bullpen, you 
you can't have too many pitchers. And especially with a three batter rule, you need, you need arms. You need guys that can go longer than a batter. So I think the more help, the better. All right. Yeah. So as of right now, we've got quite a few names who haven't reported to the Dodgers camp yet. AJ Pollock, Kenley Jansen, Gavin Lux, Pedro Baez, Tony Gonsolin, Scott Alexander, Okay, Barry Ruiz, too. and that and Ruiz, yes. So, I'm starting to get a little pessimistic here, and I'm really thinking AJ Paul is going to sit this one out. Are there any names you're a little worried about who might not show up in the 2020 season, or just setbacks in general? Them not going to camp might get them off to a slow start. Slow start, yeah. Um... I think Scott Alexander is going to sit out. Uh, he's a type one diabetic immunocompromised. So I think they're going to be out with him, which just puts more pressure on choleric. And by the way, um, I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't I've blame never, anyone I, for sitting out. I, 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 I'm sure Scott's a really nice guy, but I, I mean, I get nervous every time he comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, funny story for me when they acquired Scott Alexander, I was like, wow, this is a steal. Yeah, he was so good with Kansas City. They just got the best ground ball reliever in baseball. No, Freeman yeah. is a genius, but it has just not worked out. Every he was like the next Zach Britton, as everyone was saying. But yeah, um, yeah. So back on topic, I think the only guys of that list mentioned who would be sit out candidates would be Kenley Jansen uh, with the heart issues and AJ Pollock uh, with his newborn in the uh, NICU, um, and that is concerning. Uh, both of those guys are going to play a big role uh, if they play. Um, but again, I, I still think the Dodgers are going to be okay. Uh, it's a shortened season. You know, they'll get by with the guys they have. Uh, but yeah, I think Gonsal and Lux uh, and Baez will, will be back to camp shortly. We can't, you know, we don't know why exactly they're not there, but I yeah. mean, you put two and two together uh, and, you know, you figure, you know, maybe a positive test between them. Uh, so we'll see. I think they'll be back in the next week or two. And Robert said he does expect to see them at some point. I yeah. think, I don't know what's going on with Kenley Jansen. I'm not, I don't want to speculate too much, but obviously with his heart conditions, I'm sure they're taking it slow with him. I think him not being there, being the anchor of that bullpen is, is a little um, unnerving if he's not there this season, yeah. because I look at this team and I'm thinking like, okay, so none of our huge names have opted out or are, we're, you know, fearful of them opting out. I mean, with, with the exception of price, who was supposed to be one of our, one of our bigger names, but I'm talking about like, we still got Bellinger. We still got Betts, Turner, Muncie. I mean, all the guys that you want to be there are there. And these sort of like, fringe guys who could help Pollock. You don't really know if he will ever really, you know, come back to form of his heyday in Arizona. Um, even Kenley Jansen, who I, I love and I want, and I want him to be there. He's sort of kind of dropped off a little bit the last few seasons, uh, especially uh, in the postseason. Um, they Roberts didn't even bring it in, bring him in, in the crucial spot, you know, last year. So, I, I'm I'm a little worried at at some of these names that we haven't seen, but it's not they they aren't big enough names to where I'm like oh god you know we we we're, we're in trouble. 
Yeah. Is, is there anything you guys wanted to add in regards to the testing that's been going around with MLB, or I should say lack there of in terms of teams yeah, well, they're getting saying, the results? You know, they're saying there's, there's a delay uh, with the holiday weekend and, and shipping, uh, but they already said they're, they've now, you know, contracted or trying to contract a, another separate individual lab to handle this. Uh, I think they'll get it straightened out. Apparently it was only 2% of the tests uh, weren't, yeah. uh, you know, reported on time. Uh, naturally with something of this scale, there's going to be, you know, a, a, a hiccup or two. Uh, I'm just glad they're, it happened now so they can straighten it out and, and get it back on track, you know, now. Yeah. A few guys that were diagnosed positive, such as Freddie Freeman and Joey Gallo. It's a little scary. So you, fo- you folks out there, make sure to wash your hands and wear those face masks. Yep. But moving on, let's talk about the MLB schedule because that was a huge thing yesterday. It dropped at 3 p.m. Monday afternoon. There's a lot to talk about. So I don't know how to focus this best, but the Dodgers open up against the San Francisco Giants. No surprise there. That'll be an ESPN game. Second series of the year. They're going to the Houston Astros. How do you guys feel about that? It'll be weird to see it without any fans there because I think that's a huge part of this, right? I think the players, obviously, they have their own feelings. We heard what a lot of the players were thinking during the first edition of spring training this season, and I think they kind of got it all out of their system and they're ready to play baseball, even though some some of the players maybe they thought you know would go after some of the Astros hitters, but at any rate, I think the players have said what they needed to say. The fans aspect is what I think we're missing when it comes to this showdown because even in spring training, when, when there were fans there the first time around, you saw how, you know, just they got on top of every single Astros player. There were signs, they were banging of trash cans in the stands. So that whole element and aspect of it is going to be missing. But I don't think I think those would be really highly rated games because I think there's a lot of interest nationwide uh, on this uh, sort of uh, rivalry, I guess you can call it, that's sort of been brewing since 2017, and it's a rematch of the World Series. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it because in the initial se- uh, schedule this season, the Dodgers weren't going to play the Astros, and now they're going to play them twice. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Indeed they are. Yeah, I mean, the no crowd noise will make it easy to tell when they're banging the trash cans, so they won't <laughs> be able to cheat this year. Uh, but it's going to be the fifth and sixth game of the season, uh, so I'm going to assume that means Ross Stripling and Clayton Kershaw will be the starters. Uh, and Stripling is the one guy who said he would maybe throw at someone. That was, I think that was a year or so ago. Or maybe that was this year. I don't know. This year has just blended in. It's just been one mush of a year. Um, but I think that's when it was being rumored that he was going to be traded to the angels and he that's right. You're looking right. forward to pitching against them. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see the first pitch of that start be thrown 20 feet behind their leadoff hitter, uh, Springer. <laughs> uh, but we'll see what happens. I- I'm excited. I think the Dodgers got a, got a good draw with the schedule. They're, they're in the middle of a, you know, strength of schedule. They're right in the middle. Uh, if I can just jump in the, pr- the, the problem I have with, 
with what's going to be taken away from this Dodgers Astros rematch is the fact that there is this pandemic going on. Whereas in spring training, this was the story, right? This was, you know, the, the Astros had just been, you know, handed their, you know, quote unquote punishment and the players were going off and this was going to be the story this year. Even if the Dodgers weren't going to play the Astros at all, this was going to be, the story the you know there was that whole movement of Dodgers fans wanting to go to Angels games to you know boo the Astros players I think that uh, I think a huge element of that is going to be lost oh yeah absolutely uh but you know people don't forget just like Jonah Hill said in Superbad people don't forget (laughs) so breaking down the rest of the AL West opponents for the Dodgers they have four against the Astros they have six against the Angels including their last three games of the season at Dodger Stadium. That'll be very interesting. They got three against Oakland. They got three against the Rangers, and they have four against the Mariners. So, you know, overall, I think that's pretty favorable for the Dodgers. The more games against Seattle, the better, including two at Dodger Stadium, and then they fly directly to Seattle to play them there. And then another thing that really stood out to me, which I think kind of got lost in the shuffle, they only have four games at Coors Field and six games at Dodger Stadium against the Rockies. And I'll take as many games at Dodger Stadium as opposed to Coors when facing that team because it's just a different story. Yep. And the last thing that I wanted to point out, and this kind of flipped my prediction because now I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are for sure going to be the team that gives the Dodgers the biggest fits in terms of the race. They got six September games against the Diamondbacks in the month of September. So – the winner of that division could come down to those head-to-head games. Yeah, I, I've, I've taken a look at the schedule, um, and I think the stretch that stands out to me and the most difficult uh, for the Dodgers is going to be the last two weeks of the season. Uh, they play the Astros twice. They play the Padres three times, the Rockies four times, the A's three times, and then the Angels three times. Uh, that's not an easy last two weeks of the season. Uh, so basically the Dodgers need to take care of business early on uh, so they can afford to go, you know, 500 towards the end of the season. Uh, the A's are a serious threat. You know, the Astros are going to be good. I still think the Padres are going to be good. We don't know what's going to happen with the Rockies. And, you know, everyone knows the Angels always give the Dodgers fits. Um, so that last two weeks is going to be integral to their success. Hopefully they can make it obsolete uh, by finding success early on in the season. This is going to be a true test to see who these, you know, first half performers are going to be. Typically, when you look at the the teams uh, in a season, they're 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 usually teams that perform really well in the first half and then taper off in the second half. So, like mm-hmm. while you're while you're following baseball, you're like, ooh, the Pirates, like they may have some in this year, and then they completely fall off the table. I think more teams are going to be in contention. I I have uh, a, a lot of uh, concerns about the Diamondbacks, and I have a lot of concerns about the Padres. But but honestly, even though the the Giants don't look like they have a team like you can never count them out either because they're you know they're playing you know just as many games as the Dodgers are and on top of that there's going to be a a huge travel concern I think and I think with they when they designed this schedule 
it was uh, to, to keep teams from traveling as much as possible. It's why they're playing so many games within their division. It's why they're playing so many games within the division of the other, the opposite uh, league. Um, but the, the, the one thing that I did find interesting was that the reason that they didn't like extend these homestands longer for teams is because they didn't want players to be tempted, the, the road players to be tempted to leave the hotel room, to go out and possibly catch something and then, you know, po- you know, possibly spread it to the yeah. team before the test results could come back. So they did it in this way. And as it, as it, uh, tal- you know, as it comes out to the Dodgers will, travel the ninth most uh, miles uh, in the majors this year. So they're doing a lot of traveling. They're going to Arizona. They're going to Seattle. They're going to uh, Houston. So it's, it's going to take its toll. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yes. No September games against the Giants, which is very uncommon because usually that's the kind of final, one of the final series you like to see. The Dodgers or Giants trying to knock each other out of the postseason. So, well, they've mostly been tune-up games these last seven or eight years. But yeah, <laughs> I mean that's true. But in a sixty-game season, anyone's got a shot. All right, so I think it's out of left field time. This is where we just talk about something random. So I'll go first. I wanted to talk about Hamilton. I think that was an awesome money flex that Disney did. They paid seventy-five million to get the rights to do a theatrical screening of it. And due to COVID, they were like, no, nah, we're not going to wait till 2021. We're just going to put it on our Disney plus server. So if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best musicals you'll ever see. It's just a spectacular performance. There are people out there now trying to cancel it. Shame on you, but yeah, watch Hamilton. It's a blast. All right. <laughs> Jake, you want to go? Oh yeah. Okay. You want me to go? I'll go. Um, so this is kind of out of left field, out of left field in terms of Dodger talk, but as you know, both the, uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins are taking a look at what team or how they may be able to change the names of their teams. I think it's about time. I don't know why this has gone on for so long, but it's sort of been a gradual, uh, movement i guess in cleveland for the indians because they remove the the chief wahoo mascot from their hats and logos and stuff like that so it's kind of going in that direction but the reason i bring it up is because uh there were some names that kind of floated around there and i wanted to get your thoughts your guys's thoughts on some of them so one of the names was the cleveland spiders uh which could be cool i guess some fans came up with some concepts for the logo um (laughs) Uh, also, Cleveland Rocks, which makes sense because of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, the Cleveland Midges, uh, I, if you remember, uh, Jobber Chamberlain was dealing with a yeah. bunch of those gnat type things. So that's one thing. Uh, the Cleveland Wild Things, an ode to Major League. Um, the Cleveland Dobies, which I think is an interesting one. It sort of uh, pays homage to Larry Doby, who was the first African-American uh, baseball player to uh, play in the American League. Um, and uh, there's also the Cleveland Guardians. So off the top of your guys' head, what do, you, what, do you, well, what do you think of these names? And do you guys have any names of your own that you would like to see the Cleveland Indians change their name to? I want to rule out spiders just right away. That's disgusting. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Anytime I see a spider, one, I it's... either scream like a girl or I squish it. 
Is that so, an ode to, to anything? Like, is that a tribute to, to something? Um, yeah, go ahead. So the Spiders, um, the Cleveland Spiders, they were a National League team that actually existed from 1887 to 1899. Okay. All right. So there's a historical aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. It's not out of, out of left field. <laughs> yeah. I'm on board with anything rock and roll. You know, Cleveland has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, as you mentioned. And I'm a big rock music fan. So let's get some music in there. I mean, the NBA, they got the jazz. Let's get some music in baseball. I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, none, none of those really stood out to me. I, I like the Dobies, and I, I heard the, the Naps as well as a yeah, tribute to Napla Joy. Um, so I think those two would be cool. Um, you know, it's whatever they decide, I'll, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, you know, there's not really any team name in any professional sports league that I can think of that's, like, absolutely atrocious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what they what they do. The Braves, by the way, came out and said that there there are no plans to change their name. So, there's some I, – I hate that chop. I, hate, I really do. <laughs> yeah, they just, need to get rid of that. It's obnoxious oh, and it's terrible. Just, no, just no all around. <laughs> there's that one minor league team. Their name is something really atrocious, like the Baby Cakes – Oh, yeah, the New or I think it's the New Orleans one or somewhere. That's just terrible. Down there. All right, David, we're running out of time here, so why don't you go? All right, I'll make mine quick. I couldn't decide what I wanted to rail on today, uh, so I'm just <laughs> going to do two short ones. Um, TikTok, these people need to stop. Uh, apparently, the U.S. is looking at banning it because it's owned by the Chinese government. I'm all for it. Uh, make these 14-year-olds go outside, play wiffle ball, do something else besides, you know, try to they get – They can't do that, David. We're stuck inside. Go in your backyard <laughs> – Go outside. This is getting ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I read some post about some TikTok drama last night, and I wanted to jump off a cliff. I had no <laughs> idea what any of it meant, who the people were, but it made me angry, and now I want the, the government to ban it. Uh, so let's just stop that. Uh, second thing, don't know if I've talked about this before on here. I feel like I may have had, but art, art in general. The question is, how do people value art this much? Like, okay, how do you like become a famous artist? Like I'm talking like paintings and stuff. Like how does one paint something and then someone else say like, oh, that's worth a million dollars. But some other dude is painting the same thing basically in their basement and that's selling for like a hundred dollars. Like it makes no sense to me. Uh, I don't get the whole concept of art in general in terms of valuations. Uh, you know, I'm all for a good painting, but but it's just confusing to me. Like some, like I, I just simply don't understand it. And it makes me upset. Uh, there needs to be some kind of guide uh, where we can like quantify how this thing gets to be this much money or, you know, it, I, and let me clarify. I understand like historical people like, you know, like Leonardo da Vinci or Picasso or, or, you know, stuff like that. Like I get that, but you know, in today's society, how does one become like that on that level? It doesn't make sense to me. I see great artists all the time on, on, online, and they're not famous. Shut down the art galleries by yeah. David Rosenthal. Shut them down. <laughs> and the TikToks. Just, just quit, especially the TikToks, though. I, what I'm about not TikTok? What, a, either. what about TikTok as a form of art, David? How do you feel about that? No. I'm, also, let me clarify, <laughs> it's an art I'm not, form. I'm not anti-art. Like, I'm not an, anti-painting and anti-any of that. I just don't get it. I'm proud to announce the incline is joining a new social media server. We're now on TikTok, TikTok baby. Yeah, right. Yes. I'm just kidding. But follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
follow Dodgers Lowdown as well on the same platforms. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we head out? I hope baseball happens. I really do. I, we, I need it. I need it. It's going to happen. Positive vibes. Okay, good. All right. Until next time, hopefully we have some data to report on these intra-squad games. You can tune into that on television. They are televising it now. But yeah, thank you all for listening to The Incline, and we're out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.